Hello and welcome to Premier League on Tap, your FPL draft podcast. My name is Nate, better known as Draftopia, and with me is Zach, aka Drafting for Upside. Zach, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Um, you know, last week I'd say went pretty well for the most part, um, but looking ahead for this week, uh, I've obviously got the one extra game for City Arsenal, but uh, it's looking pretty brutal for streaming options. I don't know about what you're looking at, but I've got one league, a 14-team league, and uh, I'd say the uh, optics are not very good for finding a, an option that's not on my team already. So uh, kind of going to have to make a few punts, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know about you, though. Yeah, scraping the bottom of the barrel here. It definitely feels that way, yeah. Yeah, it feels like an interesting week. Um, just going through all these matchups, a lot of them are kind of tough, and I don't really see any standout games that I'm looking to target. Um, obviously, a lot of people are going to be targeting the double game weeks, but that might be a trap this week. Um, but you guys know the drill already. We're going to run through everything matchup by matchup. We're going to highlight some key sit-start decisions, and hopefully we can highlight a few things that can help you win game week 23 you want to jump into it let's roll all right kicking off on saturday we've got west ham hosting chelsea chelsea favored by 0.25 goals with an over under of 2.25 um chelsea has three clean sheets on the bounce i'm still pretty much out on 99 percent of west ham's assets um on this west ham side is there anybody that really stands out to you uh, I mean, you've got kind of the return of Jared Bowen coming on right now, so that may bring up some of the assets around him. Uh, you know, they're coming off against Newcastle, the 1-1 tie. Um, they looked okay. But honestly, Newcastle's not all that potent. Uh, I'm just surprised that uh, West Ham was able to put one past them since I alluded to in the previous podcast that I don't think uh, West Ham have the keys to the castle and Apparently they did. <laughs> they sure did. Yeah, so uh, I don't think I'm going to project that in the future necessarily, and they have another tough matchup against Chelsea. Uh, they are at home, though, so uh, you could see a little bit of a boost there with the fans um, at their backs, but I'm not I'm not looking to stream anyone in this matchup, even though it's the first one. Uh, see you, see you maybe would consider Soufal. But uh, I'll let you make a case on that one because I don't think I want to be tied to that. Uh, I mean, I don't love it. <laughs> it was more so just trying to put some asset for West Ham in there. Um, but Sifal's kind of fine in his feet again um, on that right wing. And he's ghosting relatively well. The only reason I have him in there is because for as bad as West Ham have been at scoring goals their defense has actually been okay nothing fantastic they don't have many clean sheets to their name but Chelsea have only scored one goal in their last three matches so I think it's still taking this team time to gel they have so many new transfers they're still trying to figure out their best 11 how everyone fits uh, how everything works I don't think Kai Havertz is the best finisher up top to lead this line. I still think they need that solidified forward that Havertz can play off of. Um, so that's kind of the case to get 
someone from West Ham's defense in there that has potential to ghost. So even if they do let up one goal, which this one could be pretty close, I could see a one nothing finish, maybe a 1-1 draw again. Um, so it just kind of gives you some aspect of West Ham to get in there. Yeah, I mean, he's living, breathing defender on West Ham and probably the only one of the four that I'm looking to start. Um, you know, I think Aguero has been playing better at center back, kind of solidifying things. So maybe he's led to some of the improvement uh, you've seen up throughout the past couple of weeks, but I don't think they're worth uh, wasting much more breath than that. Yeah, as far as this uh, Chelsea side goes, uh, in their recent matchup, did anybody kind of stand out to you? Someone that, I mean, do they even have anybody available to stream, or did you like what you saw from any of the new signings? They just look a bit disjointed right now. I think I think all of them are talented. Um, some, some people might say barring Kai Havertz, but... <laughs> Um, I think they just need time to gel at this point, and there's not really a whole lot to extract from a fantasy perspective. So if you've got any of those guys, um, you know, just be patient. Uh, hold on to them. Uh, I guess, I mean, like, I, I probably feel the most confident, at least of the new guys with Enzo Fernandez, just because I know he'll go the 90, regardless mm -hmm. of kind of what he does. I just don't like... Um, the potential of getting yanked before the 60th minute. Uh, and obviously, if you got Batty Shield, and I know both Miley's, he got snapped right up. Some people even played him the first game he started. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if, if he's still out there, go grab him. It's a good matchup for him. West Ham or, you know, a tough team. Um, or it's tough to find goals for them so i'd, I'd mm -hmm. say that they shouldn't have too much to uh, face from a defensive point of view but uh mudrick gives me a little bit of pause ziak too honestly honestly the whole forward line of mudrick ziak havertz just gives me a lot of hesitancy because i don't know who's gonna play how long and they don't seem to really gel yet yeah one thing to note too is that uh Jao felix will be available after his suspension so that could shake up the starting 11 if Potter deems it okay to throw him right back in after he got a red card in his first match. Um, but we'll see. That's kind of a toss-up there. It could move around some pieces of that starting 11. Uh, let's move on here to the Southampton hosting Wolves. This one's a pick em, uh, even though Wolves just beat Liverpool 3-0. This is at Southampton, so they're giving Southampton a shot here. Uh, over under set at 2.25 goals. Um, some of the new signings for Southampton did look promising. Uh, does anyone on this side look, stand out to you? Maybe going up against a Wolves team that might be, I mean, is this last game just an outlier for Wolves players scoring, or is this something that they can sustain? I think it's an outlier. Um, like I was telling you earlier, I know it's fun and cool to hop on the Liverpool blows bandwagon, but, um, you know, which I'm not going to refute here on this podcast for my words to reverberate throughout Twitter, but, uh, I don't think wolves are very good. Uh, so maybe that says more about Liverpool than it does wolves, but 
they didn't really look like they deserved at least two of those goals and it seemed like the third was just you know Liverpool shut up shop and kind of I mean they they mounted multiple attacks that should have yielded goals and it just looked like out of form forwards not taking their chances not to name names a lot but (laughs) I I really do think that Wolves you know in this matchup especially like we were discussing earlier there's not a whole lot of streamability uh Mm -hmm. you could do a lot worse than streaming a tomato or killman um especially in southampton but um i also do like that onwachu shout has like a forward two given his ability to score 10 points in 45 minutes in his debut uh he's more of a target guy so someone like that can integrate into a new squad much quicker than a guy who um, really feasts off combinations mm-hmm. you know so I, I think i like both sides of the ball funny enough is is you know that the uh, onu onuachu play and then also <laughs> the wolves defenders are, are not a bad one but not interested in the wolves attackers personally yeah this this match, if there was a match of this game week that has some streamability, if you really need that last-minute uh, midfielder, defender, hell, even forward in an Oachu, uh this is where you're going to find it because a lot of the players on these teams are under 50% owned. So there might be two to four guys on each team that are over that threshold, but there's a few people that I'd be okay with. I'd be comfortable streaming almost anyone that starts for Wolves just based off of how poorly Southampton are playing right now. Um, but with that being said, Southampton, uh, I know we said in Noachu, but uh, Sulemana, he's kind of one to watch. He had six points in 45 minutes, so he might get some more game time there. If he starts, I'd be okay throwing him into my lineup if he's available in my league. Um, and then I, I had a fun stat here for Craig Dawson because I just thought this was hilarious. In eight games he played for West Ham, Craig Dawson scored a total of 25.5 points. In his first game for Wolves, he scored 23.75. Granted, the goal was kind of a gift. He also had a shutout. So it's just crazy how he almost tallied his entire points total for the season in one game. Uh, don't expect that to happen again, though. Oh, oh you're not expecting that to happen again? Cra- I don't think he's going to get a goal and a shutout again. I mean, Craig he could. Dawson back <laughs> in the fold. Yeah, no, I don't. Don't see that happening again. Don't bother picking him up. Not even as I'm not even doing it as a streamer. I I can't I can't yeah. do it. I'm sorry. Um, he's an animal. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I don't. I, he is one that I always seems team. to come up with a goal. Just like every fifth game week it's crazy well he's got two goals last season and 30 starts so it seems like every 15th game that's goal. yeah i mean that's like exactly what i just said you know it had five in there yeah <laughs> let's move on here to fulham nottingham forest uh fulham favored by half a goal with an over under sitting at two and a half um we were wrong about Tete last week. Um, 
we said to avoid the Fulham defenders. He was kind of like on the cusp, but hey, he's still just balling out week in and week out. Are you starting him again in this matchup? Yeah, yeah, at home. Uh, as long as it's a neutral matchup at home and it's a player I would normally want to start, they're automatic. And especially, like I said, given the context of the week, he's a very strong start. I'd even venture to put him in the defender one category. Um, as far as the rest of the Fulham squad goes, is there anybody that's streamable in this matchup? I mean, you have people like Anthony Robinson, uh, Bobby Dacordova Reed, uh, Jao Polino's a decent shout in this one, Harry Wilson, maybe. Um, any of those names kind of stand out to you? Oh, man, Harry Wilson has my heart. I thought he was going to be a, a star this year, and unfortunately he's just kind of flopped on his face. Um, part of me wonders if he's even fully healthy, but of the ones you mentioned, probably only Paulinha, just because out of a streamer I really, really want. I'm looking for minutes because you can't get points when you're not on the field. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to play a full 90 and who knows maybe he pops up with a goal contribution because i will still assert that i think nottingham forest is overrated uh though they may be slowly proving me wrong in that sense um as their defense has been operating pretty well so far so i'm also comfortable streaming uh willie bali it's like a defender three but uh, i don't know i mean like if nico williams is out there and he starts what are you doing with him I don't know. This Nottingham Forest team is kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde because their home and away split is so rough when you look at it. Uh, They have five wins when they play at home, and they have a plus two goal differential. Away from home, they have one win and a minus 20 goal differential. So this team... Part of me wonders if that's just due to matchups and... You know, their their form earlier in the season was awfully tragic. Um, yeah. But it's still concerning. And I I really prefer to only stream defenders in home matchups. Uh, so. I do too. I'm, I'm that or a very skewed plus matchup. Yeah. Although, I mean, uh, for last week's game, Kaylor Navas had an outstanding start to his premier league life he played very very well i think he saved forest in that match and they're giving up opportunities and i think somebody uh i I guess we saw Leeds finish a little bit better today but if we have people like mitrovic getting those opportunities this game could be a little different yeah i agree um one person I did want to touch on before we jump to the next game, just quickly, um, Pereira. And not scoring very well, but you have to keep running him out there, right? As long as Mitrovic, on the, Mitrovic is on the field, he, Pereira has the potential to score well, correct? Yeah, and even just from a volume perspective, he's got something like 10 shots in the last 7-8 games. Takes all the sets. He is 
He's a guy earlier in the season I looked at and was like, eh. I mean, he looks good. He passes the eye test, but he's not, you know, wowing me. Mm-hmm. He certainly has his moments. Um, but just he takes all this. Like I said, he, he gets lots of shots, takes all the sets, is very involved in whatever that offense does. Uh, and we want guys that kind of pull the strings for their offense. And, and he definitely fits that mold, um, which is why he's done so well. Uh, unfortunately, I traded him out in both leagues earlier in the season. That <laughs> one hurts. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to let that get the better of me now. But I will say looking at his, his past few scores, uh, I haven't really had the pleasure of watching too much of him in, in recent times. But I could see someone benching him. But... The matchup is certainly not negative, and they're at home. So probably rolling them out there for this week. And looks like they've got a couple of plus matchups coming up as well against uh, Wolves and Brentford. Uh, so Yeah, I agree. I think you got to roll them through the little rough patch he's in. But yeah. uh, he can always pop up with a 20-point game. Um, next matchup, we've got Crystal Palace hosting Brighton. Brighton favored by half a goal over under sitting at 2.25 goals. Uh, Crystal Palace, Zaha is out. Um, have they said how long he might be out for? A couple of weeks is, is what I've heard. It seems okay. pretty ambiguous. So. Yeah, that's what I thought I heard too. I didn't know if they said how many, but maybe two or three matches he might miss. But with Zaha out is there anybody on this palace side that can kind of step up and not that Zaha has been playing lights out recently but we know a lot of the offensive output funnels through him um but as far as it comes with like the rest of that creative attacking force Olise as a either one of those guys maybe even Ayu are any of those on your radar right now can we really call them creative forces? Because... <laughs> or an attacking force? <laughs> yeah, they, they seem very uncreative. Um, yeah, they have not looked good right now. No, Olise is always going to have a special place in my heart. and I'm going to assert rest of season he's a midfielder too, um, despite such a bad environment. Mm-hmm. Because I think he's in a similar situation to Pereira, where he has all the volume. He gets the sets. He he seems to be playing most of the minutes, and his team's very dependent on him playing well. Um, they they definitely play in a worse offense though, but I do think he's more talented uh, at the same time. So yeah, uh, not not that that affects anything. Whether you think he's a mid two, a mid three, or whatever you think he is, if you think he's a mid four. Um, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> you're still starting him every single week, and unless you forgot to take your meds. So uh, I guess nothing doing really with him. Uh, the one that I'm wondering is Decore. You know, are you gonna you gonna start him here? Because Brighton are gonna probably have him doing more defensive work than anything else. I think he is a viable streamer as like mid four for a solid floor play as long as your roster allows for more of a floor play in that spot. Um, If you have guys that are, I mean, if you have first round midfielder in your squad and you've got other upside pieces, you may want to go with somebody like Decore or maybe even a Paulina. 
Um, just to get that safe floor, because like you said, Brighton are going to control the ball in this matchup. They're going to have a lot of attacking uh, opportunities, and it's basically going to be Decore who has to sweep those up. And we've seen what he can do before, uh, maybe getting like 8 to 12 ghost points just based off of tackles, interceptions, uh, headers. So I, it's a viable option. Um, not one of my favorite, uh, mostly just because I think Brighton are playing really well right now. And Palace is probably one of the more out-of-form teams. So this is t- a tough matchup for them. I mean, Palace are just so ugly. They... They're expected 2.25 goals in this matchup, and Brighton's a pretty high-scoring team, so I think that says a lot more about Palace than it does about Brighton, but uh, Brighton might be without Evan Ferguson this week, so uh, would you roll out Danny Welbeck up top? or um, Did Welbeck play last week? It might have been Undav instead. I think it was. Well, not Undav. He played. F- oh, Welbeck played fifty-six minutes. So, Sounds I mean, like an inspiring fifty-six minutes. I think I, I did pick up Undav when I saw that he was starting last week um, because I actually picked up Potence to go up against Liverpool, which probably would have worked out pretty well if Potence started, but he didn't, so I had to swap him out picked up Undav he had seven points which is he ended up being my forward three on the week that's a decent score I'll take that Um, but I mean either between him Sarmiento got some game time he had the assist for the Matoma goal Um, I don't know it it remains to be seen if Welbeck gets the start because I guess the attack didn't really spark until Welbeck is off the field so um, I don't know that one kind of remains to be seen but I'd be comfortable starting any forward that starts for Brighton in this matchup uh, I'm probably starting I'm obviously starting Matoma uh, Sarmiento if he gets a start Undav, Gross uh, March Caicedo any of them I'm okay with all of them love it what do you say we move on to Arsenal-Brentford? Let's do it. First match for Arsenal in this double game week for them. They host Brentford. Uh, Arsenal favored by 1.25 goals and an over-under of 2.75. So, wow, they are really gearing up Arsenal in this matchup. They're not really giving Brentford up hope. Um, Arsenal, 46% clean sheet odds, one of the better ones on the week. Uh, Arsenal... Nothing really changes with them week in and week out. It's very hard for us to talk about them because they keep the same lineup every week. Um, You start your front four, and maybe Partey, Xhaka, maybe the wing. Not this week? No, not this week. I don't. I just, I just I, wouldn't. There's so many other options that I'd rather go for. I get this week. I would lean toward more of the floor options than I normally would, but I still think even the streaming floor options will get you where 
where Partey and Jock are going to get you. Mm-hmm. And, and I, the thing I hate about them is that just because Arsenal's in first, people think they need to be owned, but they don't. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're better off just rotating around with like any of the other streaming options we're going to highlight. This this week, just in general, though, it just I don't think you're going to see as big a gap between them and maybe the other streamers as other weeks you would. Yeah, I think either of them would have to pop up with a goal contribution which they could, but it's less and less likely. Um, but I think if you're still holding on to Xhaka at this point, you have missed the boat by about, I don't know, a month, month and a half of trading him out on an extreme high when he came into the season absolutely firing. Um so I, I don't know. Like you said, I just don't think there's any reason to own these guys because they both sit deeper now and there are other options out there that are going to score you the same amount of points with better upside. Right. And it'd be one thing if Arsenal were losing or, you know, I know they lost to Everton, but, um, you know, if it weren't working, but I think it is working. So why why mm-hmm. would Partey and Chaka start dashing forward again? I know Chaka, everyone's talking about that back post run he makes. Like, there's some some key that he has that other players don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I really just think sometimes it's just the ebbs and flows of the game. And, you know, back then, maybe Chaka was seeing something that just isn't there anymore I, I really don't know what it is but I, i'll say I, I have no temptation to start either of those two guys and i'd much rather start like a christian norgard and it, it'd be sad if you refuse to dra- drop someone like granite chaka to pick up norgard because i think rest of the season norgard's gonna easily outscore him and so we'll probably oh, yeah. a lot of the other waiver options yeah he uh he has a lot more to do with Brentford's attack than Jaka does for Arsenal. Um, so just looking at what we've got down here, Pinnock and me both have been playing really well, ghosting. Well, me scores last week, they get the clean sheet. Everything's fantastic. Are you willing to start them against Arsenal and maybe Frank sees what Everton did against Arsenal, kind of gives them the blueprint on how to beat them, and Pinnock and me are at the center of that. Is that kind of a storyline you're thinking might play out here, and are you willing to risk it? Oh, man. So you think you think Thomas Frank and Sean Dyche have been... They've been tweeting back and forth. I've seen it. Yeah, maybe maybe Sean Dyche's intel could could come in useful for Brentford this week, but I'm gonna lean toward probably not, and that Arsenal beat them something along the lines of two to nothing or two one. Um, I don't think Brentford necessarily get blown out here, but maybe it's just a mentality, um, you know, portion that I'm thinking of now, but. Uh, coming off a loss, I wonder if they're going to come out firing against Brentford and just pissed off. 
Yeah, they are back at home, so that yeah. helps. I I don't know. I'm tempted to start. I'm tempted to start Pinnock, but I know me has also been scoring really well. So yeah, this one I think maybe you know are you wearing your steel underpants to uh, to toss them out there in a week where maybe you don't have a better option, but if you do. Uh, maybe lean into that especially if you think you have the edge in your matchup they're they're probably not the guys you want because they could go negative there's there's every chance of that happening uh, even though they goes very well right i feel like they probably have a floor of like two i'm not saying it's good but i think they go negative yeah in the last 10 games me has had double digit scores in all of them except for three yeah, he's having a bit of a renaissance here. At and Pinnock has pretty much been the same. He's had double-digit scores in 5 of 10, and then he's at like 7, 8, 9 points for the others. So these guys just ghost well. It's hard not to play them because even if they do get scored on, you're still looking at maybe 7, 8 points from a defender, which is I would take that every day. Yeah, they're kind of in that category that you know I'll refer to as set and forget, but it's just that it's this one matchup or two matchups, however you're going to look at it, between Arsenal City, where you actually have to think about whether you want to play them or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For for me, it, it it could go either way. I probably would just put them in the defender three category and just. You know, if you have a if you have a better player and a better matchup, then start him. But you're probably forced into playing these guys, just given the layout of defenders being so tragic. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, uh, might have we... to do with roster construction. But yeah, yeah. let's uh, we can move on to this Leicester Tottenham game. Yeah. All right. So we've got Leicester hosting Tottenham. Tottenham favored by 0.25 goals with an over under of 2.75. Um. Leicester actually looked pretty solid against Villa the other day. A um, couple new signings, Tete, Sutar, uh, Christensen all coming in, playing halfway decent. I think uh, Sutar got kind of screwed with his own goal. Um, outside of that, Iheanacho, are you looking to stream him in this matchup? Is he someone that you're setting in as like maybe a forward two option maybe running out a third forward this week yeah i think if you're running him out you'd prefer as like a third forward and it's unfortunate um it's unfortunate how many strikers they have on this team because i think he's a guy who you know coming up from city had potential um, and he's always had potential it's just he's never quite had the end product and never really gotten a full fair chance at this Leicester team but uh you know as we see them ascending a little bit from their last game obviously it's only been like really one game here uh it seems like the community may run with that one a bit too far soon if they do anything against Tottenham but uh I like him but I just wish I knew he was gonna play 70 plus minutes because he still got yanked like a goal and two assists last game and one of those mm-hmm. assists was fantastic. It looked like he was. Oh yeah. He, it, that that was a precision pass. 
And he still gets subbed in the 67th. I mean, what's he got to do to play more than that? Because the game was definitely still competitive for the entire time. So it's mm-hmm. not like they were up 4 nothing and they just were like, oh, we'll give Daka a run out at it. Like, no, it was close, and he was doing well. So why would you – I don't understand why they were taking him out. It might just – I mean, it just seems to be that Brendan Rodgers has that in the back of his mind every match. Like, okay, it's the 60th, 65th-ish minute. Okay, we got to get fresh legs up top. And it, it always seems to be that central forward position that gets yanked because we've seen Vardy, we've seen Taco, we've seen Iannaccio all kind of rotate through that same position. I don't think any of them have gone a full I, I 90. Get, I get Vardy because he just physically shouldn't really be doing full 90s. But, um, you know, maybe it was due to game context where they want someone chasing up top a little bit more um, just to pre- preserve their lead and they just wanted legs. I get that, yeah. but um, you know, if he if he doesn't play, even if he scores a goal and say comes off in the 65th, I'm I don't want guys playing 65 minutes. I want guys playing 80 or more. Um, mm-hmm. So for this week, I'm fine with him as like you mentioned, like a he's probably a forward two if you were to play those minutes guaranteed, but he's not. So bump him down like a forward three. Um, and, and that re- he really fits in your lineup well like that because, you know, he might give you an extra boost if he does get a goal and, you know, 15 points on your in your forward three slots, something great, you know. So if you can get that out of him, awesome, but it's Tottenham. So, uh, I mean, depends what day or, you know, which way the wind blows um, on that day to see if they can hold the ball at it or not. And they actually just lost Lloris, so mm-hmm. I think they'll be having – Forrester in there, not if I'm not wrong. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, yep, and else? they'll be without Christian Romero because he picked up a second yellow, got a red card, got sent off against City. So that's one of their better defenders. I know. I mean, Davinson Sanchez is an adequate backup to Romero. He is a good defender, just not great with the ball at his feet. I don't think any of the Tottenham defenders are available or startable in this matchup because I do think it will be somewhat high scoring. I think we could see like a 3-1-3-2 match here. Um, But outside of the front three of Tottenham, obviously you would have to think that Kane, Son, and Kulisevsky all start in this one. Are you looking at anybody like, well, I guess you couldn't even stream Hoybeer. He's 94% owned. Bendencore is 82. So there's really not many streaming options available for Tottenham right now. Um, depends on who comes in at the wingbacks. You could possibly stream Sessegnon. He's 22% owned if he gets the start ahead of Perisic. Uh Pedro Poro's 65% owned, and then you have Emerson Royal at about 50. So one of the two right wing backs might be available in your league, but really there's there's not many options for this Tottenham side. I'm assuming all the center backs are going to be available in your league as they should be, but I wouldn't really touch them. Yeah, I'm not interested in Sassignon or any of the center backs, so I say uh, just avoid all pick anyone else i'd rather start a lester defender honestly than any of them so 
Yeah. Uh, I would say, going back to the Leicester side really quick, um, if you have their roster availability, well, first and foremost, pick up Tete. Um, with the goal in his first match, 17 and a half points. I think he's going to be uh, – hopefully he can continue and they've found a right wing. Um, but Sutar, even though he had the own goal and ended up with negative 1.25, 1.75 points, he still ghosted over – seven points to get him back to that minus one so definitely consider picking him up and stashing him even though Lester have a rough run of games here in the next few weeks um and then christensen their new left back is someone to kind of look for look at too uh he is more someone i want to see more before i dive in on him yeah i think that one's fair um yeah, just heed a little caution. That's all I'd say. All right, let's move on here. We've got Bournemouth hosting Newcastle. Newcastle favored by a goal with an over-under of two and a half. Um, Bournemouth. Anybody you want to talk about there? Are you going to make me do this? or? <laughs> I feel like we come up to this every week. We really have nothing to say about Bournemouth. I think they're getting a big sigh for me. Yeah. I think Bournemouth are getting there. Some of their acquisitions are starting to breathe life into this team, but they just don't look good as a whole. Um, maybe Hamid Traore is one to watch nine and a half points in 60 minutes, all ghost points. Um, but outside of that, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, would you start? Nah, you can't. It, I'm thinking like Watara, Jane Anthony. Like, you can't. Um, you just can't. It's Newcastle. Um, yeah. Just, just no. Uh, honestly, I'd love to skip this game, even <laughs> if we could, because there's, <laughs> there's just not much there. I, I I see what you're saying with with Hamatrari, but I'm going to need, need to see more than that for mm-hmm. me to start him in a matchup against Newcastle. And then Newcastle just feels like one of those teams like Arsenal where everyone's been owned since, you know, the inception of time and no one seems to let go of any of them um, regardless of how they perform. So mm-hmm. aside from like Longstaff, who is, you know, performing way above what he is and ever will be um yeah. there's really no one on this team that's even available much less streamable so yeah i don't uh, i don't know how someone like joe willick's still 65 percent owned he's had two games in his last 10 where he scored over 10 points and he's going to be like the first uh most weeks yeah so I, yeah i don't know there's not a whole lot to talk about as far as this newcastle side the only thing i will say is without Bruno Gimmerish in the midfield, this team is different. He is the Chinese finger trap that holds the defense and attack together. Hmm. He pretty much encompasses everything that Newcastle want to do. And without him, they are more susceptible defensively and they do lack a little bit of quality in the attack. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how when you're missing midfielders, and they aren't playing as well defensively, how it hurts your defense. Um, hmm. United. 
Liverpool. <laughs> um, say that about multiple teams. Yeah, exactly. I think people underrate that a lot. They just automatically look at the center backs. And mm-hmm. Sometimes their performances are just a reflection of everyone else's. Um, but, yeah, I, there's there's not much to do here. This is not a very highly streamable game. Um, I, I honestly have no streaming suggestions for this one. Me either, really. I just have more players to watch, uh, like Traore. Um, just to touch on that very briefly, when it comes to either new signings or players that are getting a run out, if they score like pretty well in their first game, uh, how many games is it going to take as long as they're not like a very um, high-end name, someone we've watched in other leagues that have come in with a massive price tag, they are going to ball out immediately. But like Hamitrari, if he's got nine and a half points in his first match, let's say he drops 12 against Newcastle, 10 in the third game. How many games is it going to take you to snap him up? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, and I think it's, it's more of a strategic question. So, you know, some guys, it obviously depends is the answer the the, the dreaded the <laughs> it always does area, it always does it always depends i mean um if you've checked out my um stats that i'll post once in a while team scoring um you know by team uh you, you kind of want to verify that it's even a high scoring offense defense midfield whatever they may be um before you buy into it because the environment matters so much more than the talent themselves uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of these cases. Like how we've talked about, uh, you know, if it's a Brighton forward, um, you know, we're starting him. Look at how good Evan Ferguson, Evan Ferguson has been. He's an 18-year-old. Sure, he's, he's, he's a good, you know, good, talented player, but it's a good offensive system, and I actually picked him up as soon as I saw him starting because of that reason. There's a yeah. reason when I saw Hamid Traore starting or – yeah, yeah, he started. Um, there's a reason why when he was starting, I didn't even bat an eye because it's Mormon. So mm-hmm. um, I guess for someone like him, it's going to take more along the lines of probably three consistent games, at which point, honestly, a lot of people already are taking action, and that's fine with me um, because I'm going to be quicker to snap up someone else. Um, you know, honestly, I normally would peg myself to pick up someone like Matoma, but. People were on him like flies on shit, so uh, good for them. <laughs> yeah, he went quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think there are – obviously, it's always a gamble to be early to the game. I would rather be later, see two, three solid games before I jump on something. Um, I think at that point, you still have a little bit of risk but not as much. I think the people that are going to snap him up – right then and there before they even play a match are also going to be the same play, same type of managers that as soon as they drop two points, they're dropping them to the waiver wire the next day anyway. So you can kind of bide your time just by waiting and seeing how things progress. Obviously you don't want to let, wait too long. Like in the case of Matoma, you're never going to get them back. Um, but Anyway, that's like you said, it's all relative. It all depends um, on the type of manager you are and the risk you like to take. Um, let's move on to the Sunday matches here. 
we've got a repeat match of the match we just saw today. We've got Leeds hosting Manchester United. Uh, Manchester United favored by half a goal in this one with an over-under of three. Um, Jesse Marsh is gone. Leeds looked better. Um, I don't know if there's such a thing as a no manager bounce instead of a new manager bounce, but I guess we should just call it, hey, the manager got fired. This team's probably going to perform pretty well in their next game bounce, but that's a little wordy. Um, do you do you expect something similar to what we saw today yeah, in honestly, the reverse just, fixture? It, it was almost exactly what I would have expected out of a game between these two. Now, maybe he would have... Uh, expected Man U to be the team that scores first and come out on top, but I expected goals. I expected a fast-paced game, and that's exactly what we got. Uh, mm-hmm. We just saw Leeds kind of catch Man United by surprise, but uh, clearly, since they're going to be playing what, five days later, um, four days later, actually, I think, there will be no surprises. Uh, they will know exactly what's coming. Uh, it will be at Leeds, at Ellen Road. So, uh, you know, at least they'll have the home crowd at their backs. Uh, and I would be starting pretty much all the same guys I would have before, uh, except they won't have the DGW this week. So yeah. keep that in mind. I know it kind of bit me in the ass using Mark Rocco last week, uh, regrettably. But I don't think I'd start McKenney. Uh Other than that, I think it's pretty clear-cut who, sh- who you should be starting. Don't look at the defenders, in my opinion. Um, Luke Ayling would be the only one of consideration. And Willie Nanto is kind of breaking out yeah uh it's like a really really good forward too yeah i was gonna say i would definitely start nanto i think he's playing really really well right now um i'd be okay with running ailing out as like a third defender if i was playing four defenders maybe um based on roster construction but yeah i'm avoiding all the center defensive mids i'm avoiding all the center backs um as far as manchester united goes i think someone that kind of is going to fly under the radar people have already snapped him up like instantly but sabitzer had like he had nine points today yeah which i mean he had a decent look at goal which he skied by about 20 yards it was trying to pick the ball out of the air as the defender's rushing at you you didn't have much time with it but i think he, with the erickson injury he could get more game time um so yeah i would definitely run him out but then who knows maybe sancho gets a start in the follow-up so he might be one to look at but a lot of these guys for united are already massively owned so um, yeah, but you will be without Casemiro as well. So, I, I would start Sabitzer. 81 minutes in his first game. It's definitely seems like he's got the manager's confidence, so good enough for me, and he's better getting forward than Fred. So, Very yeah, true. Not saying much. All right, next up we've got Manchester City versus Aston Villa. City favored by 1.75 goals with an over-under of 3.25. Uh, City host the highest clean sheet odds this game week at 50%, but beware, they do have a double game week, so avoid pretty much all their defenders. Um, not a single one of them are in play anymore. Now that Cancelo's gone, no one plays, like, no one scores well, ever. Um, 
there aren't really many streaming options for Man City. It is mostly just the defenders. Um, but I will say, I do think Kevin DeBarn is going to come back with a vengeance in this matchup because he was dropped to the bench against Tottenham. Um, just for some context, in the last three seasons when City have lost away to Spurs, they have returned in their next Premier League match, scoring five against Norwich, five against Burnley, and two against West Ham. So, decent amount of goals there. Um, what do you do with Foden right now? Oh, man. Um, it's kind of the same as you know, a while back. Everyone was panicking um, with Mares, so I just just a revolving door of disappointment with these forwards. There's always going to be one of them that's not, that's letting you down. And if you mm-hmm. have them, I think you just soak it until they hopefully return to the lineup because you're not going to get much for him at this point. Yeah. As far as Villa goes, I mean, are you comfortable running out the like front four for Villa, you have like Watkins, Bailey, Buendia, maybe even Douglas Weese. I have been extremely divested um, in Villa assets lately, so maybe you could shed some light on that. I don't know how many you have, but Watkins is giving me the feeling of a forward, forward uh, through two, I guess, because they're so bad usually, but I don't like it. You're talking about the team with the highest clean sheet odds at home. God knows what these allegations will make him play like, but, um, <laughs> you know, I I don't see uh, an edge per se. It's definitely not mm-hmm. a strong start. And the rest of them I'm just really not tempted to. Yeah, I'd be a little hesitant to on most of these guys. The only one that I actually own in any of my leagues is Douglas Louise. Um He is my, like, set and forget midfield four um he could score one point he's good could score 22 uh, but he averages around um like eight ish points a game so that's all i really ask from him so yeah i mean basically you start your man city attackers i'm not terrified i don't really think these clean sheet odds are right i'm not terrified of man city's defense um i think they're just the way they set themselves up i guess the way that pep sets them up they're so susceptible to the counter attack that teams are willing to just absorb as much pressure as possible to try and get those one or two opportunities um it's just very difficult to pick and choose the players that are going up against them because they may only get one or two opportunities that they have to take advantage of. So it's hard to find out who's going to have that goal contribution. So it's a, it's really a roll of the dice. Um, let's, uh, let's move forward here. We've got the one Monday matchup of Liverpool hosting Everton, Everton coming off of a massive victory against lead leaders, Arsenal, uh, Liverpool favored by a goal in this matchup with an over-under set at 2.75. Uh, talk to me about this Liverpool squad. What's going on, and who are you still comfortable playing or even rostering right now? 
So, as we were discussing before the show, I I do feel like their kind of demise has been a bit not overblown, but um, maybe overexplained. It, it seems pretty simple. It seems like they just lack a lot of confidence. They lack a midfield that's industrious, which they've always had in the past because of aging players and the players haven't changed game to game. So why would we expect anything to change? Um, you know, the only thing I'll say is it, it, it did really seem, you know, it seemed unlucky. Some of those goals against wolves. Um, and I think that that's not going to happen every single week. So if they can kind of figure things out defensively, they have some hope, uh, what what honestly worries me the most is 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 players like Salah's form, um, mm-hmm. and, and their impotence in front of goal. Cause cause we know that, you know their their defense isn't going to be great. Fine, fair, but they have plenty of threats going forward and still aren't scoring. So, uh, I'm a bit concerned about some of those guys to say the least. But uh, I do think Gakpo is going to bounce back, and he actually looked like. Uh, you know, he looked like a the player that they paid for uh, last week. I'd say, uh, unfortunately, wasn't able to come up with a finish, but uh, definitely looks much better than Salah is. And honestly, I'm I wouldn't be surprised to see Salah dropped out of the squad at some point. Hmm. They had an wow. alternative. That's the problem. That's true. Are you comfortable streaming any of the center backs in this matchup? Joe Gomez is like a third defender. Um, he actually ghosted decently last week with, you know, three goals against and a yellow card. So uh, I think he had like 10 or 11 ghost points. And uh, I, I think I'm going to roll him out again because he's, he's, he's generally pretty active at center back and obviously the outside backs are going to be owned. Uh, but Matt tip is where I crossed the line. I will not be, and it's not just because <laughs> of the own goal. He just, he just doesn't yeah. look right out there. He looks clunky and, you know, uncoordinated. I know he, he's typically a better distributor than he looked the other day. Uh, and, and I really think he's part of the problem defensively, not as much Joe Gomez, though he has his lapses. Yeah, between him and Fabinho, those two have really fallen this mm-hmm. year. Um, as far as Everton goes, I think I, I kind of, like, love this matchup for Tarkovsky because of the way that Sean Dice sets his team up. Uh, typical Burnley style, he's going to pack all 11 guys behind the ball and just force Liverpool to send in cross after cross. So I expect him, maybe even Onana, to get tons of aerial points this week. Um, one person, definitely keep an eye on McNeil. Um, I think we could see a resurgence from him uh, Played well against Arsenal, had the assist for the Tarkovsky goal. Uh, I don't love him in this matchup because I think he's going to be doing a lot more defending than he will get opportunities to attack. Um, but one person, or yeah, one person to keep an eye on. Uh, I mentioned him a few weeks ago as a possible streamer. Uh, he didn't get to play because apparently Frank Lampard hated him. But Abdullah Decore. He was thrown out there as like the second forward with Calvert-Lewin against Arsenal. 
And if that continues, he could be a really interesting streamer in plus matchups because we know the aerial prowess of Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He could be knocking balls down for DeCore to get a few shots on goal. Um, And that could be quite an interesting uh, streaming opportunity. Yeah, uh, DeCore in the past I know scored pretty well, but I think... It kind of seems like those days are behind him. Not going to count him out entirely. Um, but if he's using that respect like you mentioned, I think there's there's always potential. It seems like they're just going to get lots of crosses in. And um, I actually think DCL might be injured. We'll see if he plays this game. Um, mm-hmm. So that, Yeah, I forgot he did get subbed off early. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. I wouldn't expect DeCorey to be slotting right into number nine. You'll have... Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, a certain Neil Maupai up top, in which case I've lost all desire to start, um, you know, whoever's banging the balls in him because they're not going to do anything. Yeah, that if Calvert-Lewin isn't, like, geared and ready to go for this matchup and they do start Maupai, that kind of eliminates all Everton assets for me because they have nowhere to go with their outlet passes. Exactly. All right, last game of the game week, a matchup we really don't need to talk about. Um, City host, I don't know, City at home against Arsenal? I thought Arsenal was at home. Um, Hmm. My sources had Arsenal at home. Interesting. Yeah, I just flopped them. My bad. We got this backwards. Anyway, Arsenal hosting. Don't start (laughs) anyone on either team, guys. Yeah. Screw them all. Just drop them straight to the waiver wire. <laughs> yeah. Arsenal host Man City to pick them. Top two teams going at it. Uh, massive, massive game for the context of the top of the Premier League. Uh, but like we've said in the past with the double game weeks, the second game of those game weeks, you can't really change your players. You're locked into whoever you start in the first one. So uh, just enjoy the match. It should be a good one. Um, I'm a little bit more confident in Arsenal than I am in City right now, but we'll see how that goes throughout the week. Um, let's get to our starts of the week. Uh, you want to kick us off and just run through uh, your three, and then I will do my three. Yeah, so I've got, uh, first off, Tariq Lamptey um, facing off against kind of a hapless Crystal Palace uh, with a low over-under. Unfortunately, not at home, which is, is usually my strategy for targeting uh, defenders, but um, it's kind of a more of a desperate week, if I'm being honest, for some of these streamers. There's not a ton of upside with them, um, and it's just, I think, a positive matchup overall, especially with Saha out. Um, I've also got Mateus Nunez uh, this week, who, uh, you know, faces Southampton. Uh, he got forward a, a little bit last week against Liverpool, um, like we were talking about earlier, but Um, He kind of just seems to control that midfield, even when he isn't getting forward a ton. Um, He should have some work to do defensively, but uh, I would think he'd have more of a, you know, free reign to get forward against this Southampton team in a pick a match. uh, You know, you could do a lot worse than him, and I think he's around 30% owned, so there's a chance you could pick him up. And lastly, I've got Cody Gakpo that I previously mentioned in the the Liverpool-Everton game. I think of all the forwards on this Liverpool team, if you were to trade one in, he's the guy you want. 
Uh, he is the shiny new toy, so that might be harder to get him in. Uh, but he certainly shows more promise, uh, at least for you know the sake of ghosting, uh, scoring. No one shows any promise really in this Liverpool team. He shows the best chance of ghosting, and I think he, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he's gonna come out there and score two goals for you, but I think he's gonna get at least uh, seven, eight points uh, with a chance of a goal or uh, you know assist return. So yeah, all right. Um, for my defender, I've got Tarkowski. Like I said before, I think this is a uh, very good spot for him to be against this Liverpool side that are struggling to score, but they're creating chances. So uh, the defensive output is going to be there for him. Um, for my midfielder, I really didn't like any of the midfield options this week. Um, I don't really feel 100% on this and I'm kind of going against what I said earlier but Hamid Traore I mean if you really need somebody that has a little bit of upside scored nine and a half in his first uh, game out there with Bournemouth so I'd be okay running him out against a Newcastle side that I mean they haven't looked all that superior in their last few games so who knows as long as Bruno Gamarish is out there's an opportunity uh, and then my forward here, uh, Willie Nanto, scored again today. He's been on fire. Uh, keep rolling him out there. I think he's playing really well. I think Leeds at home against the Manchester United side that is without their midfield duo is, like we've said, for almost every team. If you don't have your solid midfield, then your defense suffers. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've got there. And to wrap things up, we have a Twitter question from at Ben Chickens. It says, okay, the fantasy world is cruel. Who are you targeting to play against? Managerless leads, the team led by Lutton's self-proclaimed best Lutons. manager. Huh? Lutons. Lutons. Sorry. It's that Americanism of me pronouncing words. <laughs> <laughs> And a seemingly hopeless Liverpool side, uh, or are three player, are there players in these three teams who should rise above and score well in fantasy? Um, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, I mean, I think targeting. So when you say targeting these teams, you got you know you got leads. They play Man U. We, we mentioned Sabitzer, I think, so that would be a streaming option against them. But other than that, I don't see uh, there being much unless someone's dropped a, a certain bout big horse to the waiver wire. Uh, let's see. Southampton. I mean, yeah, I think we mentioned before the Wolves-Southampton game uh, may be one of the better matchups um, for fantasy assets this week if you're looking to stream. So I, I would... I don't know if I'd target them just because of the context of who you're targeting in Wolves, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I clearly have Mateos Nunez as a midfielder, so I feel I feel good about that one. And then Liverpool, I don't... Okay, I, I don't think I'm targeting Liverpool necessarily just because they're a hopeless, um, <laughs> but... I do like uh, I do like Nate Shout of Decore in an advanced position if DCL starts, but if DCL doesn't start, um, that just like decreases the entire upside of the rest of the offense. I know he hasn't been humming per se, but 
he's certainly a body at least to focus on. Whereas, you know, if I'm a center back and Neil Malpai's the guy I got to mark, I'll give it to the other center back and I'm going to go start chasing the attacking mids because he's really not going to do anything. So, yeah. uh, overall, uh, those are my thoughts. I don't, I don't think there's actually too many guys to target there, which is just going to make this week kind of a bit more difficult than normal. Um, but this is where kind of you prove your uh, fantasy skill. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to add there. Um, I think you nailed it all, especially with that targeting Liverpool. I think if it weren't Everton playing Liverpool this week, we might be talking a little differently. Um, but like we said, if Cover Lewin's out, then it lit- I mean, every attacking output for Everton just drops off a cliff. So I don't really want any one of on those, any one of those guys. So um, I think that wraps it up for us. Unless you have anything to add? No. Good luck to everyone in their matchups, and uh, I hope your streaming decisions go well. Um, could be make or break. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us in our uh, Game Week 23 prep. I uh, appreciate all the listens, all the input, all the feedback. Uh, do us a favor. Go follow us on Twitter at PL underscore on tap. And uh, as always, reach out with any questions you may have, any game time decisions that you're thinking about. We're always willing to help. So with that being said, we are out. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.